Hey everybody, welcome back to As We Go Podcasts. I know it's been a while, but there's been some things that have happened. Um, Some big things, good things. Uh, Today I have my friend Paige Cowing on, and she is a very dear friend and a new friend at that. And we just get on to talk about um, her life, things she's passionate about, um, how she came to faith, and some really particular interest she has in serving the King of Kings. So listen in as we talk about nonprofit stuff. We talk about um, overseas and working at a new church plant. So thanks for staying tuned and hope you enjoy the show. Glad to have you all. Um, Today I have a guest and her name is Paige. Paige Cowing. Cowing, right? Okay, good. Um, how you doing, Paige? Doing good. For those of you who don't know, we are officially, uh, me and Paige are on the same team, and we actually are in Bangkok. And we just got here two days ago, so we're both getting used to it in our uh, hotels right now. Well, we're in the same hotel, but... Um, yeah, how's, I'm curious for you, Paige, how has the food been? I figured someone would ask that question. Um, it's been okay. It's been interesting. I have eight different parts of it. Uh, the shrimp, <laughs> the shrimp for breakfast really threw me off. Um, but it's doing all right. I'm, I'm managing to eat some of the food. <laughs> sure. Did you have the, for lunch today, it was like the rice and just like the chicken. Did you have that? No, I got something different than everyone else. I got uh, some pork and rice, I think. Oh, maybe that was. I'm not sure what the meat is, but it was a meat. I think it was pork. <laughs> but did you eat it? Some of it, <laughs> yes. Well, as long as you're not going hungry. No, I'm good. As long as there's white rice, it's solid. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to beat. All right. Um, so, Paige, where are you from? I am from Grenada, Minnesota, or as I usually tell people because they haven't heard of it, uh, Fairmont, Minnesota. Um, and uh, how big is, you said Grenada? I never heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's 300 people. Oh. <laughs> so Fairmont is the school, like is the city that I went to school and my parents live like my parents um, grew up in and um, has sort of all of the major establishments. So I say I'm either from Fairmont or Grenada. They're sort of interchangeable. They're close enough next door. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so what what is something you appreciated about, like, your hometown or the area you grew up in? Yeah, I think um, when I was thinking about this question, I think the first thing that came to mind is just the different opportunities that I had been given. Um, There wasn't a lot of things to be a part of in like a small town, Um, but um, in the ones that there were available, I think like my parents did um, the best they could to let me have all the different opportunities that I could get. So Um, was involved in a lot of the different school things that they provided. So did like orchestra and band and the speech team and choir. Um, And so it's fun. There's a lot of different opportunities and things that I got to be a part of because it was just a smaller community. So I got to really try out a lot of things and see what I was sort of interested in um, in school. Okay. So you kind of talked about a little bit. You were in a hodgepodge of other things like orchestra speech were there any of them like you were particularly passionate about or anything 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a hardcore uh, speech team enthusiast. So I did it from my seventh grade year all the way through 12th grade year competitive speech. Um, so we would just spend entire weekends, sometimes spend the night at hotels with our team and go compete all across the state. Um, and so I did persuasive. So I did persuasive and then sometimes I double entered in the uh, informative category. Hmm. And you really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I did. I really enjoyed it. I was more outgoing in high school than I am now. <laughs> I think if I did it now, it would freak me out, but I really enjoyed it in high school. You don't feel like any skills you learned in persuasion then help you out now? I think so. I think I've always really liked, like, I don't know, persuading people about topics that I'm passionate about. Um, for example, I love like convincing people to get tattoos. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think that it definitely helped. But um, yeah, I don't consider myself a very opinionated person. But when I'm passionate about something, I do like making a case for it. So I didn't know that about you. Uh, so mm -hmm. when you when you went to college, did you, did you like try to keep up or like join a speech club or anything like that? I didn't. Um, it wasn't really super related to my major um, that I was pursuing. I was going for nonprofit things, um, so I tried to stick with more clubs and activities that were related to that. But there was a speech team, and I. I looked into it briefly, but didn't want to pursue it. All right, Paige, so talk a little bit about how you became a follower of Jesus. You said it was um, in college sometime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my sophomore year of college um, came to know Jesus. Um, but it was really through a friend in high school that sort of encouraged and um, led me in that direction. So. When I was in high school, my ninth grade year, my brother um, got diagnosed with a cancerous spinal cord tumor. And it was just a really tough time for my family. And so my friend from his speech team actually invited me to her youth group in high school. And that was like the first time I had ever seen um, someone like my age want to genuinely follow Jesus and worship him. And so I went um, originally more just for the social aspect and just um, having some friends to hang out with during that. Um, but college really continued to nudge me towards um, being involved with the salt company mm -hmm. that went to my university and that were involved with salt company. Um, so really got in touch with some of her friends and um, wasn't really planning on pursuing um, a campus ministry or even a local church, really. Um, but felt nudged by her and decided, OK, like, <laughs> I want to make friends, so I'll, I'll try it out. Um, and so I jumped into a connection group after the fall kickoff. Um, and then actually, this is like a side story, but sort of plays a big role in my story is that the first friend that I met in college, um, her name was Bailey. Um, she also went to UNI, had worked at the camp that my friend had worked at at Riverside. And she was my first friend in college. Her and my connection group leader both were roommates. They ended oh. up being roommates. Just It was a crazy story. Um, and so throughout my freshman year, both of them as roommates, like one, my, my first friend in college in a class, and then this random connection of a friend as a connection group leader, um, both came alongside me and discipled me my freshman year and just invited me into their home. Like they were older, they're upperclassmen, um, and just had me over all the time and just continued to share Jesus with me. Um, hmm. And it wasn't really until um, the end of my freshman year, I was really close to accepting Jesus, but hadn't yet before the summer came. And so my friend Bailey from class had took me to class or took me after class to a coffee shop. She drugged me there 
and she's like, hey, we're going to get coffee. Um, and it ended up being um, an interview to work at Riverside Bible Camp. She had set it all up and didn't tell me anything about it. And she knew that she wanted me to like continue to walk with Jesus. And she knew that going home for a summer might be a stumbling block to me accepting Christ. Wow. And so she had coordinated after had working at Riverside multiple years before, sort of talked to the people, I assume, and sort of gave them a nudge to hire me so that I could um, continue walking and pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And so did the interview um, just because she made me, um, was pretty convinced that I was not going to work at a Bible camp because I hated the outdoors at that time and didn't want to be a camp counselor. (laughs) Um, But I said, I hesitantly said yes. Um, And that summer was really the summer that I came to know Jesus. Um, I was like discipling like third and fourth grade girls. And the whole like first three weeks of that summer just felt super convicted because um, I was telling them about how much Jesus loved them and what Jesus did on the cross for them. But I didn't believe that in my own heart Wow! and felt super convicted um, about it. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I should not be working at this camp. Um, and so like the third week, well, all throughout the, um, to me and that I would accept him and that I would understand scripture because all prior to that, I would read the Bible and then just go in one year out the other. Um, and so there's a Bible study the third week in where they asked me to read a part of the gospel um, in a Bible study. And I just started crying because I understood what Jesus had done on the cross and that he had died for me on the cross and that, um, yeah, that like he was ultimately like the one to save me from my sins and, Um, It was just really sweet. Um, So it was really like a combination of Salt Company and that summer spent at Riverside that I came to know um, and followed Jesus. Wow. That's, there's so many parts of that that I'm like, wow, that was so cool. Like even the wisdom of your friend being like, if this girl goes home and doesn't come to Riverside or doesn't have Christian community, like that could be it. And I can attest to that. Like, I see that a lot. And for her to, like, foresee that, that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, for you in college and even in your friends and learning about Jesus and learning um, about scripture, what was, what was like some of the compelling aspects of like Jesus and the gospel and um, like Christians? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for the longest time, I probably would even have called myself a Christian even in high school. I think it was at one of the fall kickoffs, maybe the first one, that they had talked about the difference between being a follower of Jesus and being a fan of Jesus. Mm. And I, that like really struck a chord with me because I was like, just listening to the message and I was like, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Like I'm a fan of him. Like I would say, that he's a good guy, like he does good things, like all those things. But like when I actually get up and follow him and and that's where I was like, no, like Mm. my life isn't in line with following Jesus. It's more just cheering him on from the sidelines and saying that I think he's cool. Um, So I think that was something that like really challenged me and just even like throughout reading the Bible, just like the call to like follow Jesus is not, an easy thing like it requires um it requires some sacrifice and it also like just requires like faithfulness and like intentionality and those were things that like I didn't want to like give up Hmm. earlier prior to knowing Jesus so yeah I see yeah because it seemed like you were a pretty good kid growing up and stuff um and did you have any background with like the bible growing up or anything not really i mean um i grew up going to the catholic church um here and there um but we 
like I had never read the Bible prior to college. Like my first time opening the Bible for, for myself and reading from it was my first connection group with Salt Company. Um, they were like open to Matthew and I got all red in the face because I had gone to church most of my life. Um, but I couldn't even tell you where the book of Matthew was. I was so nervous and embarrassed because I thought I was a Christian. And again, I, I thought I was, but I still knew nothing about Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't, didn't really have any background with scripture. Yeah, I can relate in that because I grew up Catholic as well, and we didn't really read the Bible. But once I did, I was like, whoa, this is like, this is pretty good stuff. Um, I still think that to this day, like even reading through something like Romans, I'm like, it's so clear. It's so like well written and it's just like, it makes sense with reality and everything. Um, that's cool. So you, I mean, you got saved in college. Why did you choose to go to UNI and, um, why did you choose your, um, specific major? Maybe talk about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So UNI was just sort of random. Um, I hadn't heard about it in high school. I just found it online doing a Google search. <laughs> um, oh. I was planning on becoming a speech pathologist actually. And then I did a job like shadow and hated it. I was like, I do not want to do that. Um, so I did another tour um, to you and I, um, and I was like, okay, maybe I do another major here. Um, it ended up being like seven tours to the UNI campus before I actually decided I wanted oh to gosh. go there. I went on <laughs> a lot of tours. I was very indecisive. Um, and it was a three and a half hour drive from my hometown. So it, at the end of the day, it was a seven hour drive each time I visited oh the God. seven times. <laughs> but, um, would you, just yeah, visit? I picked, Oh, sorry. Would you just visit on your own or go with friends or? No, my parents came oh. most of the time. I went once with a friend, but yeah, I went way too many times, anyway, but yeah, I I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I think every time I visited you and I, I like checked out a different department or talked to different professors and different majors. Um, ultimately, I really wanted to do nonprofit work. That was like what I wanted to do from the get go. But I didn't know that you and I had a nonprofit mm. like avenue. So I plan on pursuing business administration. administration and as well so that finding the lihs major and then um pursue nonprofit stuff okay so why did you choose nonprofit? like even before you were a christian i find that really interesting not that christians <laughs> have the stronghold on nonprofits, but you know what i mean yeah i don't know i've always been really interested in just like learning about people and helping them. Um, even from like the age of six or seven, I was dreaming up like nonprofit ideas in my head of like how to help people. So like one of my ideas as like a six year old was, um, I lived on a farm, I grew up on a farm. So one of my ideas was that around Thanksgiving, we would plant a ton of pumpkin seeds and grow pumpkins. Um, to give away for Halloween and Hy-Vee, the local like grocery store sold their pumpkins so expensive and people always bought them to carve for Halloween. So I was like, what about we plant and just donate all of these really nice pumpkins in exchange for canned goods or like toiletries to go to like a shelter or something mm-hmm. um, and do an exchange. So then they don't spend $20 on a pumpkin and then more people get food or necessities that they need. Yeah, that's a win-win. And that was like as a seven-year-old. 
ice cream all these like it's super cheap um so like little things like that like i just started like thinking about and like organizing in my head um but then i got involved with an organization called kids against hunger um in high school and that was sort of like a meal packing organization and i like fell in love with like the work that was happening in my community around that um and just had the opportunity i was asked to be a like a team student leader. Um, so it was a community member board, but they asked students to also be on the board. And so I was the student board member and um, was asked to like start a nonprofit um, sort of like talent show where like all of these high schoolers um, and middle schoolers would like do talent acts and perform like concerts or dances or paintings or different things and it would be a free will donation to help sponsor that food pack so um i coordinated that my junior and senior year of high school and it was like the best thing i had i ever did it was so fun and i like learned that like nonprofit stuff like that could be a major and i was like i want to do this for the rest of my life i was so excited we raised over ten thousand dollars in those two years um So the whole community, we like rented out like this huge opera house um, and we had like 22 different acts that like students would practice and perform for months to perform at the talent concert. Um, And it was just so fun and I loved it. Um, And so that's what sort of inspired my love for like nonprofit evenings. Wow, That's that's quite a legacy on your part. Is it? Uh, <laughs> I forgot about it until I until I thought about it. Just sort of, <laughs> so does yeah. that um, like does that thing the event does it still go on now? Yeah, it does. So what happens is um, after people graduate, they pass it down to someone, and so they go through like a mini like application process. Um, and so I got to like sort of hire on the next student board member who I thought would do a good job of taking on the concert um, and trained them in, gave them all the like paperwork and things that I did um, to set it all up. Um, and so, it, yeah, it still goes on today. Um, it's really fun and cool to see. Wow. Yeah. No, that is really cool. I've never, I would never do anything like that in high school. So the fact that you did like Bravo, that's really cool. You should be proud. I loved it. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay. Let's move forward uh, a little bit more into college years. So you became a Christian through like your connection group through Saul and a little like finally a little bit through um, Riverside. What was like the next couple years like in following Jesus? Like how did it look for you and what are some of the things um, you learned or just came to appreciate about Jesus or or the faith? Yeah, a lot of things happened after Riverside. Um, I think like, I think the coolest story is my very last week at Riverside. Um, I had a, my last cabin of third and fourth grade girls. And like at 11 o'clock at night, um, after I'd come to know Jesus that summer, um, the girls had, we were doing a Devo and they had sat down in a circle and they like side railed, like sidetracked the whole conversation about our Devo and just looked at me and said, Paige, if you could do anything in the world, what would you be and what would you do? Like so random, like in the middle of a Devo. And I literally said this answer uh, so fast. And I know that it wasn't from me because I had no intentions, nor did I want to do this. Um, but I said ministry and missions in that order. Um, and I went to bed that night bawling because I was like, I lied to Jesus. I lied to these girls. Like, I don't want to do these things. I didn't even want to work at this Bible camp. <laughs> and I always just felt so guilty because I had no idea where those words had come from. Like, I just said them and there wasn't even a second for me to think about it. Um mm. 
and and like I even told you like in high school how badly I wanted to work for a nonprofit. So like that definitely would have been the answer that I would have said. Yeah. Um, but looking back now, I'm like, oh man, that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and so it's been fun to see that that literally happened is doing ministry for two years in Pennsylvania and now headed overseas for Bangkok for the next two. So do you it's feel crazy. like God uh, put his spirit in that little third grader and asked that question? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so, so crazy. But yeah, even then after the rest of the summer, um, I was all in for Jesus at that point. Like I got back to Salt Company in the fall and applied to get baptized, to be a connection group leader and to go overseas all in the same application. Um, I was like, I want to follow Jesus and I don't care like what it looks like. Like I just want to to know him more. Um, and so I did all three of those things. Um, and by the grace of God, they did tell me no um, to going overseas the first time. And it was, it was really like a blessing um, because my ministry in Pennsylvania would have never happened um, if I would have gotten a yes to go um, when I applied. So it it is just so cool. God was doing so many things and orchestrating so many things um, those next couple of years after uh, coming to know Jesus. Hmm. Do you feel like, so did you sense a change in yourself of like switching from, oh, my heart is in nonprofit. And it still is. I know that. But like you also had this new, like, <laughs> well, I also want to do ministry. Like did that, like how did that take form and how that shape Wellspring and stuff like that? Yeah, it's so funny because it just like wasn't ever like a flip of a switch it was just a gradual like thing like as I like came to know Jesus more and his character more and like his care for people more the more that God just aligned my story so that it would become my vocation to do ministry I think I don't think it was like oh I want to do this I don't think I ever really said until towards the end of college that I really wanted to do ministry. It's more so God just was paving the way for it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was just aligning, like all my jobs throughout college weren't any jobs. Like I could have got a job at a restaurant. I could have got a job doing some random thing, but they were nanny jobs. And like looking back, it's like almost all of my supporters like from Cedar Falls and Waterloo where I went to college that are on my support team for Pennsylvania and Bangkok are those families that I babysat for through church and nannied for mm. um, and are just some of my like closest friends and like Christian like families that I had in my life pouring into me. Mm. Um, and so like little details like that and then God continued to just put people um, in my life that were really passionate about the nations. Um, every connection group leader I had in college, I had three of them. They had all spent extended time um, overseas. Um, my discipleship group leader um, in college, uh, Shannon Pierce, um, moved with her and her family to start a church in Malaysia. And then my co-leader in college, Bree, um, when I was a senior, um, or when I was a junior, was preparing to move to spend two years of her life after college to start church planting and reaching college students in Vietnam. Um, so all of these people that God was placing in my life were like missions and nations, like super hyper-focused, like loved reaching internationals. And it's just crazy. God just like intertwined like everything so perfectly. Um, mm. And just really it like paved the way for like getting me to Pennsylvania and overseas. So, All right. So you got wrapped up into the church plant in Wells, well, in Pennsylvania called Wellspring Church. Um, talk about how did you get involved and what did it look like for you to start there? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I had sort of talked about how I'd applied to go overseas after coming to know Jesus. And um, the answer I received during that time is a no. And they were like, you're not quite ready yet. Um, but we'd love for you to like continue to be praying about this. And so at first I was super bummed. But um, in the meantime, while all of that was happening, when I was applying for all those other things, um, Joel Bent came to UNI Salt Company, stood on stage for like three seconds, um, and talked about starting a brand new church in State College, Pennsylvania. They put a little like Penn State logo on the screen. And again, it was just like very, very clear. Holy Spirit was like, yep, this is going to, like, be something in your life. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that, like, I wanted to go. And I was like, oh, man, like, this, yeah, this is where I want to move, like, in that three seconds that he was sharing. Um, And so I talked to him after he had come to you and I. Um, I was the only one. He had a whole sheet of paper for people to, like, sign their info if they were interested and write their phone number. I was the only person who filled it out. And the only name that got wrote down that night of who was interested. Wow. Um, <laughs> so you're the only one that started or wrote down your name for Wellspring. And that was enough for Joel and he contacted you? Yeah, so he he had called me up randomly a couple months later. Um, I was sitting out of Panera and I had sort of forgotten about Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, I don't think it'll work out. Um, but he called me up and I remember just him sharing his vision and his heart for reaching Penn State students. And at that time, first of country, like this is like a far jump from all the closer churches. And I was just like, I was just like, I want to go. Like, <laughs> like I just heard it again and like heard the need. It was like, man, like I just want to like be a part of what God is going to do there. Mm. Um, and so I had tried thinking about internship maybe um, or going for a summer, but things were just like not working out timing wise. Um, but later that spring, he had asked um, me if I wanted to move out for the summer to start um, Salt Company and Wellspring Church. Mm. And so this was never, um, so there were six of us total and it was really like crazy that are a part of Salt Company to help start this new Salt Company. And so he told us again over Zoom, he was like, this is the need, this is what we are really praying for is we need laborers out in this harvest field. And so every single one of those six people he had asked to like learn more about this, like canceled their previous plans that they had lined up. We're, like, We're going to go to Pennsylvania because this is where God like is leading us. So you heard a call from Joel and he said, why don't you come out for, you said it was a summer, at least initially. Yeah. And there was mm-hmm. a couple other people that joined you in helping for a summer. Yep. Okay. So what was yeah. that, uh, what was that summer like? Um, you were obviously pretty excited for it. Um, did it meet your expectations? Um, yeah, just talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I, that summer changed my life. Um, like equally, if not more than that summer I spent at Riverside. Um, it was the first time that I shared the gospel with someone and just did like cold outreach. Um, and it was crazy because the, the East coast is very different than the Midwest. Like we're all the same country but it was it was a different kind of like lostness in a way that like i hadn't seen before like 
there were just so many students that just had no idea about Jesus. Like, I think the statistic was that 1% of the 46,000 undergrad students at Penn State are evangelical Christians or, um, hmm. or like, yeah, just like in a campus ministry, that's a Christian campus ministry. Like, it's so small. Um, and so it was just crazy. Like I, um, yeah, I just remember sharing and the more that I shared like the gospel with students, the more I wanted to share more, <laughs> like I messed up so many times and I was so rocky and so shaky and so terrified and, and got rejected pretty much every time by every student I talked to. But the more that like I failed, the more I was just like, I need to share more. Hmm. Um, and so that summer was just so fun because I have journal entry upon journal entry of like, today I shared at Canera with this person. And today I also shared with this guy on Catabus, um, which is like their public transportation. And like on this day, I like found this person on the bench who looked really sad and I shared with them. And it was just so fun to see like Jesus just ignite my heart for more like on the ground ministry like that um and it was yeah I think it was after that summer that I really started like feeling compelled towards pursuing um ministry as a vocation um but didn't really think there was like opportunity for it but was starting to like fall in love with like what it would look like to like just do that as a job and to just go out and tell people about Jesus I was like oh my word this would be so cool um yeah huh so when you did you find like a surefire way to like approach people like you know just like a cold opening you've never talked to this person before and you did ev did you be like hey i have something i want to tell you like how did you do it because that's where i get hung up on (laughs) I honestly, I don't remember what I did. I just know that I just felt like, I feel like I felt the Holy Spirit just telling me which persons and what people to like go up to and talk to. And I don't even know how I started the conversations. It really was just like rapid fire. Like I would just go up to them and tell them about Jesus or be like, hi, like I'm like, my name's Paige, like, I just feel, hmm. like, nudged by the Holy Spirit to, like, tell you this good news and just would, like, go up and tell people. Um, so, I don't think there was, like, a rhyme or a reason to it. I just did it, and I kept on doing it, and, yeah. Huh. I don't know. So <laughs> it just was what it was. When the Holy Spirit led you in that way, was it ever, like, hey, the Holy Spirit led me to tell you this news and then you tell them and they're like i'm not interested did you ever feel like oh what the heck like (laughs) or i don't know did you ever run into that yeah i think i yeah i definitely got rejected most all of the time Hmm. um but i think like i wasn't like upset with with god i was just like okay like i just need to be obedient and i it got to the point like where if I didn't, like, I just felt it inside my body. Like, if I didn't tell this person, like, I would feel so guilty, like, the whole rest of the day. Like, I just had, like, this thing where, like, Jesus was so nudging me to, like, talk to a person that I literally just could not not tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, it would have just been bad. Like, I would have thought about it all day long if I didn't. Um, be obedient and just go and do it. Um, so yeah, it's so crazy. I had never experienced anything like that before. That was like really the first time. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I could totally relate there. Just in terms of like, you see a person, you're like, I know, like I'm feeling something. Like yeah. I should talk to this person. And if I feel like there's times where I've walked away and I'm like. I should not have that was mm-hmm. that's what like grieving the spirit means and stuff like that and yeah I 
I would physically like feel nauseous. Like mm. there would be like an inner like turmoil like in my heart because I was still so nervous to do it. So I it would be a constant like five minute like me trying to like pump myself up and read scripture enough to have confidence to like go and talk to the person. Mm. But I felt like sometimes just like I was gonna pass out or like throw up I was so nervous um but I definitely like could feel it like I was like I definitely need to talk to this person right now um which was like such a cool experience like I just yeah I think back to it and I was like it was so clear like who he wanted me to talk to so Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really sweet and I'm glad you had that like experience so what was your role like when you joined wellspring was it like your straight evangelist or did they have like a more nuanced role i don't know talk about that for a bit yeah um so is your question for the summer i spent there or then once i hopped on staff maybe like when you're officially on staff like what did it look like okay yeah so my my first job description, I had quite a few different job changes due to a lot of different things happening at Wellspring, like, um, but my first job description was like 50% um, student ministry leader, mm-hmm. um, or like ministry leader with the Salt Company, and then 50% was um, the coordinator for Wellspring Church. So it was like half like on the ground evangelism with Salt Company stuff. And then 50% like admin behind the scenes computer things. Um, so it was very split. Um, I definitely preferred the salt company side and just being on the ground and working with people. Um, that was like where I found like the most joy and like excitement um, in ministry. But um, I really like had a really fun time doing admin things as well. But definitely was more passionate about salt company stuff. Mm, for sure well that makes sense um because you were already doing like your college age and you are already like probably doing a lot of angelus with people your age too right yeah okay yeah that makes sense huh okay going on to the next thing um you still have like a heart for nonprofit and specifically like community engagement like even i'll just bring this up we were in the van in bangkok and we were driving around and there's just like so many things to look at and you went to like these old sheds and you're like oh i really want to go here or whatever and so i'm like what i mean that just doesn't come to me so could you talk about like yeah, just your interest in community engagement um, and what that has looked like in your life and what you hope to look, have it look like? Yeah, so I, yeah, that's funny that you noticed that and putting that up. I love, like, I think I just love getting to know people's stories. I feel like I've never felt super gifted in knowing how to, like, console or like encourage people super well Mm. um maybe not like responding or having an answer but um just like listening and taking the time to hear people's stories and I I just really like I think after becoming a Christian even more so like just felt like I don't know like Jesus when he was doing ministry like he is in like the dark and the dirty and the broken places like he's not mm-hmm. like only hanging out in like the nice like comfortable like plush areas um and i don't know like i feel i don't know i just feel like a burden especially to like share with people who other people wouldn't want to associate with mm-hmm. or um or just listen to stories of people who have had like really traumatic or like i don't know just hard hard lives um 
I think it's just crazy because like every person regardless of like whether they're homeless or like or even like convicted of like crimes like they have a story and they like have like a life like they're still a person but I think a lot of times in society like people are like dehumanized Mm -hmm. for those kinds of things um and so they're just like like homeless people especially um are just walked past by like not talked to or treated like humans um Mm. and that's something that really bothers me like I think like like they're real people with real stories that just want to be heard and want to be seen and want to be loved, um, just like us. And so I think like when I think about like, I don't know, like going to a new place, like what excites me most is like getting into like the dark and dirty and like more outcast-ish like places. Okay, so you spend a lot of time or have spent time with people who unlike the outskirts of society, people who are poor, homeless. And for me to pro- to think about approaching someone who is poor or homeless, like I have a fear, like an, a reaction of fear in myself because one, I think like they can't be trusted or two, um, they're dangerous, like I'm not safe. And really that hasn't come because I've interacted with a lot of them. It's just come because maybe movies or Um, things I've heard about them um, kind of forms that story about them for you do you feel like you the bible talks about having like a gift of mercy and like grace do you feel like you have that particular gift um yeah I think that is something that like I have discovered that is one of my probably one of my strongest like spiritual gifts I think Mm. um and has been like mentioned by a lot of people that I love and trust and follow Jesus um which has been sweet I think yeah like I think there's like a quote or or book or something that I don't even know when I heard it but it like forever changed the way that I like interacted with people um that looked or um acted or were different had a different background than me but it said something to the extent of like every person like whether like blue collar or homeless or or like like drug addicted like whatever it is like we're all capable of the exact same amount of sin and it's only by the grace of God that we haven't, like, convicted, like, that we haven't committed, like, a sin that would be, like, hurting someone or, like, murdering someone or all those things that we're fearful of when we approach people that maybe behave or look or mm. just are from a different background from us. But they just emphasize that it's, like, every single person, every single soul is capable of the same level of sin wow um and so like that however the sentence was is probably way better than how i just (laughs) like told it to you i don't remember it or where i had even heard it but it like changed the course of like how i saw people because when you look at it that way it's like every single person that i'm walking by is no less dangerous than like the person that i'm sitting next to and like first class on an airplane you know (laughs) like everyone's capable of the same sin and everyone's as dangerous as anyone and so like when you like take off the lens of like seeing what the movies portray like the least of these eyes you just get to see them as humans instead Mm. um and see that they have stories and like trauma and past just like all the rest of us Hmm. Um, and it makes them seem more humanized and like a person because they are um yeah and I think that has like really helped me to like try to not see them any differently than that they are just like me wow yeah that's really a powerful 
like story to tell even as i'm thinking about it and being in the city of bangkok i know we'll see a lot of things but even to have the story in your head of even the worst of what we see if we look out and be like you know if it wasn't for god's grace like i would be there too mm-hmm. i think that is a really exactly that's a really powerful um narrative I, I I do hope, Paige, that you could lead me in this. Like, I would love to <laughs> almost be a, your apprentice in, like, approaching the people that really um, pull on your heart and, like, where the Holy Spirit leads you. I think that would be not only good for me, but I think for everybody. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, well... I'll duck out of, like, ministry and everything. Um, let's talk about, like, some hobbies and um, some other stuff. So, I know you said, you told me once that you hiked a mountain or a hill consistently in Wellspring. Um, and you recently discovered you, like, exploring slash hiking. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I... I really love hiking and exploring new places and yeah, going up mountains. (laughs) Okay. So when you say explore new places, does it have to be a mountain? Does it have to be nature or could it be like an urban jungle like Bangkok? Yeah, no, it can be anything. I mean, I just categorize it all together, but when it comes to like exploring, I like exploring anything. Hmm. Um, but I also like hiking and hiking mountains. So those are like two separate things, but like also they're like all under the umbrella of exploring new places. Sure. So what do you, what do you like about exploring? I think I just love that like there's always like new and fun things to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like being the person that gets to just find like unique little gems and in any place that I go like just picking a random like in Pennsylvania I would like pick some random small town in the middle of the mountains and, and like find really cool coffee shops that like no one else has discovered because it's just so out in the middle of nowhere and like it would just be so fun like to find like those little treasures of places that you're like this is so cool um Especially if they're just, like, a little local thing. Like, I think that makes me really excited for Bangkok. It's just such a huge place that I feel like the exploring will never, like, be done. Nope. Like, I'm really pumped um, just to go out and, like, find all the cool places and, like, all my favorite, like, coffee shops and, and plant stores and, like, people that, like, are just, like, regular people, like... I don't know, like, I would have coffee shops in Pennsylvania that were, like, 45 minutes away, and I, like, would go to them regularly, and we weren't, like, friends, but we just got to know each other and develop a relationship Mm. because as a regular customer, and so I'm just excited for Bangkok to, like, do similar things and have, like, my people (laughs) that are, like, my coffee shop, like, I will have relationships with Thai people in like my favorite coffee shops that I find in the middle of nowhere that are sort of secret and hidden in a place that like people wouldn't usually go. I think that like really excites me. Yeah. So you like coffee shops a lot. Yeah. Is it for like the coffee? Is it the atmosphere or do you like reading there? I'm curious. All of it, all of the above. I like to like find a place that has a really good aesthetic, also has really good coffee, and also like has like good like community or like enough loudness versus quietness, like good temperature versus (laughs) a bad temperature. Like I I really like to evaluate all the things and like find like the best ones all overall so here's yeah here's a challenge that i i personally would be very interested i mean other people on the team could be doing this too but everyone finds like the best like cafes or coffee shops to like 
go and study at or drink coffee at around this city and then we kind of like do a ranking as a team of like here's where you need to go i think that'd be fun that would be so fun i would love that Mm -hmm. i low-key also googled how many coffee shops there were in bangkok to see if i could go to all of them before going back to america in two years (laughs) i don't think that will be possible but I definitely looked it up to see if it would be possible because I thought it would be really fun to try to go to every single one. But I think the city's too big. <laughs> you, is it like more than a thousand coffee shops? Do you know? I don't remember. I don't remember the number, but probably. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I have two more questions and then I'll let you go. So be, being we're in Bangkok now and we're doing our ASQ. What's uh what's the first thing you want to do after we're out of quarantine? Um I this this is probably not a surprise, but I really want to visit the biggest slum in Bangkok. That's honestly my top one thing that I want to see and do. Really? Um, and has been for quite some time. Um, I think our hotel is actually really close to it, too. Like, I think we're, like, very close to the biggest slum. Um, Interesting. So, honestly, that's that's sort of where I want to go. I don't know who will go with me, but that's what I want to see. That's very interesting. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) And then the last question, and then we can be done, it's, um, for you, Paige, what is a characteristic of God that is really sticking out to you um, currently, and why? Mm, that's a good question. I think... I think... I don't even know the word for it, but I think I was thinking this a lot on the plane ride here, um, just looking over the Middle East, um, on the flight and just seeing like the vast land of just pure sand mm-hmm. and thinking about like all the scripture like regarding like sand and like how he just knows <laughs> like so much about us and so much about how everything I think like the attribute of God I guess would just be like his like I don't know like his power or like his big presence Mm. like he's over everything like not only the big things but like the tiny things down to like the number of hairs on our head and like sand on the seashore Mm -hmm. um and I think like that just like blew my mind on the plane as I like looked down and saw just sand upon sand upon sand and was just like like God created all of this and like every little thing like down to just the tiniest detail like he has created and orchestrated to be perfect um i think that just like amazes me like it's just so cool and i think the flight was like really fun to like see that just seeing god's creation from like thirty-five thousand feet above and it was just really sweet so i think just like his vastness and yeah just thinking about how much he cares about every little detail Hmm. not not only in his creation but like in our lives too and how that carries out to like our ministry and the people that we're meeting um i think it's really cool yeah no i agree i think yes something as big as like the stars like you're like wow that's so incredible but even like every grain of sand was intentional and was like god gave thought to when he created yeah it's really cool which is like (laughs) mind-blowing yeah and it's mind-blowing that like the world that god created we traveled like three-fourths of it in like 30 hours or so we covered so much that's so crazy all i could think about on the plane was how i actually just want to see all of god's creation like in person not just over a plane like Mm. when we were in Qatar I was like I want to see 
like the sand dunes and the mountains here and like see just like what God has created in each of these places. Like it's just so cool. Yeah. No. That is really cool. All right. Well, that about does it. But uh hey, just wanna say thanks for your patience with uh all the cutting in and out um stuff like that. So thanks for joining on. You're welcome. All right. Uh, We'll see you later. Hey, thanks for joining in, everybody. Hope you had fun listening to me and Paige talk. And hopefully you learn a lot of cool things and get to follow up with Paige on some of the things she was talking about. She's super sweet. She loves uh, having friends and all that jazz. So definitely do it. Uh, stay tuned. Hopefully I can pump out a few more interviews before, um, we're out of our quarantine. That would be great. So see you next time.